0: Ready?
1: Hello and welcome to Rhythm and Pixels, a video game music podcast. This is episode 22-9 and we are your hosts. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Pernell. Every week we listen to great video game music from all consoles and all generations. If we like it, we're going to play it. And this week... Is a special live-streamed episode for our Patreon members. So this week we're actually going to listen to tracks submitted by Patreon members and by our listeners.
0: So I think we got some good stuff. for now. Oh, we got way too much good stuff. It's mm-hmm. actually, it's it's almost like it's like you mentioned earlier. It's almost either feast or famine. Yeah. And admittedly, always preference to feast because famine's not good when you have to pick tracks. You want to you know have some selection mm-hmm. to gift for people. But what ended up happening this month was it was famine for the whole month. And then within like three days, it was like a <laughs> <laughs> the storm gates opened, and music just flew through them. It was amazing. Yeah,
1: it's I think everyone has got, you know, everyone, everyone has some time, maybe maybe has some extra time to think about stuff, or maybe they're just more excited about the show because it's kind of normal, kind of normal. I mean, you're kind of here. Maybe can we do like a high five? Can we try can we try a high five? Right. Get, get, other way other, way, other way other way,
0: other way. I, I don't know, there man. You,
1: go. a, you got it, you got it. One I'm a man in a box. oh oh, you're so close. Oh well.
0: Bam! There you go. <laughs> Remember, I'm out of delay over here. I'm looking at you through the stream. Uh, so that's how it works. <laughs> the important part is the feeling of five high is present. Yes. And that's what matters. And that's really what matters here. Um,
1: so yeah, so we got that going on. Um, I, I know you're playing through Lama Lana one again, except that you're playing through Lama Lana one with no sub weapons and you read the cursed tablet, which, which turns the game on super hard mode. Yes. So that is wild to me.
0: It results in some fun chats too, mm-hmm. because, uh, we're all still having our massive group chat over the game. And what's up happening is that it's almost like that thing I talked about before where, when people talk about games on easy mode but that doesn't apply here only because this game is only normal or hard and like for example Cameron will be like I just beat this boss and I'm like oh man he gave me a lot of trouble and then like Cameron like, "No, I think it's pretty easy and I'm like oh yeah I'm on
1: hard mode that's, that's right." Yeah, I totally right. forgot there's some okay, things that make it that. a little bit easier that I just can't do right now um, and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm getting through it I finished uh, two of the bosses I know there's what six more to go right
0: Yes, yeah, and the funny. Well, more than that. Just no, I'll spoil it a little bit more. But yeah. what I think is funny though is due to the fact that, um, and this I, I wish more games offered this scenario. But due to the fact that I'm playing it on hard, mm-hmm. bosses are much tougher. Which means that I didn't want to fight them when I normally would, because I don't survive them. I needed more health, which means I spent more time avoiding boss fights and looking for health items across the oh, different okay. admi- different areas which resulted in me doing a weird form of sequence breaking because I couldn't access areas that I normally could because I wasn't beating the bosses that unlocked them. So I was finding back entrances and forgetting stuff that I needed to do because, like, why isn't this door here? Oh, yeah, I didn't beat the boss. That results in this door opening up. (laughs) But I forgot that, so I'm like, I spent more time Looking for what the next thing was, instead of mm. just realizing it was time to give up and just go fight the bosses and get it over with. So it was, it was interesting. It's been interesting. We, we and can
1: it, we can keep talking. We can talk about La Mulana like this whole episode again because it's just so compelling. Um, yes, it is. I I actually spent way too long in the mausoleum of the giants because I I thought that the puzzle was way harder than it was. Like I was exp- I was. I'm like, "Oh, I have to do a sequence of this thing and this thing has to happen." But no, you just you just run back. So much of the yep. game is just sort of like, "Oh, no, no, you're stupid. You just have to go back back a little bit." And then something's Trust changed. Me, yeah. That's
0: only for the mausoleum. It's going oh, to get rest weirder. Of- <laughs> it's going to get much weirder. <laughs> I thought
1: you psyched me out. <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh, great. This is going to be rough."
0: Yeah, it's going to get weird. I I had a thing happen the other day which I can't say on here because Cameron will hear it and it spoil it for him. But uh it It was an unexpected thing. I I tried my best to not use the internet for help this time to see how much I could do without the internet. Mm -hmm. I needed it two times. Two times. Which, for me, is really good because I'm positive I've used it way more times than that on the last time I played through it. But I'll use it two times. And this last thing I did, I almost... I just kind of want you guys to get there because I don't think either of you are going to prepare for it. Like, even Cameron. And Cameron... Is taking pictures of everything he sees. He won't be prepared for it. <laughs> Promise you that. But if he is, I owe you guys cokes. <laughs> <laughs> but aside from La Lana, um, I'm trying to get back into Pokemon. I got. Oh. I've been putting off my gym leader duties for way too long, right. and the, the challenges are getting restless. So I got to come back into that next week, most likely. So Pokemon team is coming up. Um, back in the Cold Steel Trails. The mm-hmm. problem I'm having with that now is that I still love the game, but I'm in one of the slower moments in the game that happens where it's just like, hey, you're having a free day off from school. Trying to go fishing and help that kid find her cat. I'm like, I don't want to do that. I want to get to the story. But I'm a completist too, so I can't just ignore that stuff. I, I'm i kind of trapped. I'm stuck in the loop. Um, But aside from that, it's just stuff like IABT colorful, weird mm-hmm. nostalgia moments where I boot up older games because now for some reason I'm just starting to. Want to pick up old games yeah. again?
1: Yeah, I understand that. I understand that feeling. I go, I go through that every once in a while. But like, I guess like now is like a really good time to do that. So that goes to our listeners too. Like, explore some of like not just the retro stuff, but the stuff that you really loved, maybe from a certain time in your life, because it's nice to remind yourself of how you felt. Oh
0: yeah, of, of those and times. That, and that's honestly a part of what La Mulana is doing now. Like mm-hmm. one last thing about the game, and I'll stop rambling about it. So, um, in my Facebook memories. Um, I came across an interview that I did with, actually, with Daryl. It was a period where his podcast that he was running at the time was doing, like, interviews with the various gym leaders of the ECPL, and he interviewed me. This was, like, in 2014 or 15. Mm-hmm. And it's a long interview, but it turned out, he was like, what are your favorite games, bro? What are you playing right now? And sure enough, in there... In 2015, I was like, I'm all about this La Mulata game. I can't put it down. Of course. <laughs> and at the same time as I was reading that, I had La Mulata on pause. <laughs> so I was like, oh, how weird is that? La Mulata here, La Mulata there, La Mulata everywhere. Hot diggity today."
1: Well, um, I want to give a shout out again to Carlos for coming on the show last week. That was a lot of fun. He was on um, just about every VGM podcast at the time, um, including he was on the Super Mercado Brothers, right?
0: yes right which is he awesome. was on he's just doing a world tour of podcasts yeah and Mar-
1: Marcado brothers they just finished like 400 episodes and they got a big write-up in um publication ars technica and they shot up to like 10 or 11 in like the music podcasts like apple list which is amazing um and that's awesome and then uh game that tune if you listen to that they just finished their 200th episode um, so they're, they're, they're catching up to us.
0: <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Uh,
1: so that's really cool. So that, that's, that's a big, a lot of great milestones for everybody. Um, um, uh, Alex Messenger, he had a, a special guest intro on his last show. Really? Yeah, I forget who it is, but he was there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no, I remember it was Kevin Conroy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was uh, a voice actor. Um, no, it was, it was the
0: Batman. The as far Bat- as I'm
1: concerned, it was Batman. It was Batman. So that's really cool, you know, like these little things can sort of like reach out and and people will get interested in this stuff. Um, So I've been playing some La Mulana. I got back into Street Fighter five. And so I'm grinding on that to get a little bit better to start challenging more players again. Um, I've been playing a lot of DDR. So you can catch me on twitch.tv slash Rabumon with two B's R O B B U M O N, except I play in the mornings. So it's better for (laughs) time zones and, Towards the New Europe location rather than the North American locations, um, so I'm doing a lot of that, and I'm doing a lot of uh, game development. So I have a, I have like a top-down twin-stick shooter I've been working on. That today I finished up um, AI for some of the enemies. Um, I got the actual gamepad controls like working real smooth, and, and so there's a lot of stuff I got finished, like camera motions and zooming in and zooming out. But it's only it's only using Virtual Boy colors, like just the the, four, the three reds and a black. <laughs> so it's very. Uh, it's very interesting looking. Um, Christy is always like, are you working on that red game again? It's all ready oh, and bloody. Oh,
0: you got a challenger in Street Fighter.
1: Oh, someone's coming in. Who's A, a cha- new challenger has been accepted.
0: Oh, it's uh, Daryl. The yeah. challenging fact here, he is a trash talker, so oh. just warning in advance, but he has offered the challenge.
1: Oh, that's okay. I don't play with, I don't play with a headset, so <laughs> he can say whatever he wants. Now, on, on, on <laughs> Xbox 360, I have a headset.
0: And it's it all about the skill there. Every no Friday blue night blue was
1: Drunk Fighter 4, and uh, <laughs> that's, that's all we did. Um, yeah, Drunk uh,
0: Fighter 4, I yeah. would play
1: that. So let's get into some music, um, and then let's talk about some of these tracks. So we asked our uh, Patreon listeners and our listeners in general to, to come up with some positive jams. We had a positive jam episode for ourselves, and I and wanted, we wanted to open it up to
0: everybody for the month. I think it funny enough, worth noting though. We were doing our positive jams episode but right before we originally aired it um the suggestion as came from the dude which was an interesting coincidence because like wait a minute we're doing a positive jams episode tomorrow <laughs> and he suggested I was like you know what yes <laughs> and we talked about it and it was like yes it's like it's just it's just right it's just and it's nice just to share the hmm. like it's one thing for us to be like hey guys Here's some positives that we think you want to hear, but it's another thing also when the listeners are like, "This is what's getting me through this. This is what making me what makes me feel good," and I think it's going to be funny when I go through my, op, my picks because it it's un- those pick the selections that came through were ridiculously uncanny, and we'll talk about it when it gets to those points. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I'm sh- I was shocked. All right, well,
1: let's um, let's go with your uh, your first track then.
0: Okay, my first pick comes from. Davey Cakes, and the track is from Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney, and it's called "Congratulations Everybody." <laughs> I love this. By dude. Sugi Mori Masazaku. I
1: gotta say, um, a, a lot—not a lot, but like often we'll play tracks that we've played before on these Patreon episodes, just because they're they're suggested. And we'll do that mm-hmm. with um with guests that we have on the show, but it's it's so worth it to hear like songs like this again because I'm yes. remind I'm reminded of how much I love this music. So let's let's listen to this one.
0: Welcome back. You're listening to Congratulations Everybody from the game Phoenix Wright, Ace Attorney, composed by Sugimori Masazaku, submitted by listener Davy Cakes. Now, this one was one of a no-brainers, I'll admit it's kind of cheating in that regard for me anyway, but this track is a positive vibes track for me personally. I just wouldn't have picked it on the our episode because I've already picked it for the Ringtones episode way back in the day. Right. Because this was my first ringtone that was ever done for me customized. Hmm. Um, because I love this track so much. And back then, I didn't know what the actual name of the track was. So I just called it April May because of the name of the character that is on screen when they first played in Phoenix Wright 1. Oh. And then later on, of course, I got the real name, which was Congratulations Everybody. And then there you have it and I still listen to it to this day bopping my head when I want to feel good about something. It's a jam. But enough about my testimonial. <laughs> Let's read Davy King's testimonial. All right. Um, Submitting this short and sweet song from a series I feel is underrated and underplayed. Honestly, it really is. Mm. If you haven't played these games, what the heck are you doing? Now is the perfect opportunity. Get on it. They're funny, intriguing, a little baffling in parts, but ultimately... Just a great time, and they are just a great time. <laughs> I have two in my backlog I still need to play through, which was like Spirit of Justice and uh, *Dual Destinies on the 3DS, but every one I have played, they always end up with the same thing, where I'll play bit by bit here and there, but i I get to the last chapter, that last case will keep me up all night, every time, without fail. Never fails, because they're that gripping, that good, that dramatic. Congratulations everybody you <laughs> got a great game suggestion
1: that, Yeah it's a really good suggestion um, Something about like that that the, the first part It just sounds like you know there's a lot of symbols Like if this was being played live like Everyone's like pumping their fists up in the air And it's like bah, 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 bah. <laughs> But it, it's so It's so um, It's just so happy You know You can't get over that
0: kind of happiness it's a truly joyous track. Really is. And one that I can I'll never tire of. Like it's a short loop, but I could I have played this for upwards of like fifteen minutes straight with not without batting an eye. Because it's just that freaking good. It's that good. This <laughs> is like Care Bear's Happy. Yeah, <laughs> it is it is super, super Bedroth. This is Care Bear's Happy. It is. Well that's um
1: speaking of Bedroth, the next track comes from Bedroth. We're going to listen to another really uh, pleasant tune. This is from Super Mario RPG for the Super Nintendo, composed by Yoko Shimomura. And Bedroth picked Hello, Happy Kingdom. We're going to listen to that one next. You are listening to Hello, Happy Kingdom from Super Mario RPG for the Super NES, composed by Yoko Shimomura. And yeah, I like this. This track is really fun. It's really dynamic. It's um, it's very loud in sections, very quiet in other sections. Um, I think that's really an interesting choice because it's like uh, coming from a classical background, you know, where all the instruments are spaced and how loud they are. Um, and then I love how it builds to the end with those like, I guess it's like a, it's like a tuba sound. It's, like, bom, 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 bom. it's it's nice. I like it. I like this I a lot. I think
0: it plays in the Mushroom Kingdom area, actually, funny enough, well, which is pretty
1: cool. Well, let's listen to Bedroth's uh, a testimonial. He says, i like to contribute a song that always brings a smile to my face, both for the memories of the game that it inspires and for the pure jaunty bliss of the tune itself. I mean, it's right there in the title. I'd like to hear Hello, Happy Kingdom from Super Mario RPG, which plays in the Mushroom Kingdom town area of the game. Yoko Yoko Shimomura provided a great introduction to the soundtrack in this early area, perfectly blending the sensibilities of Koji Kunda's established Mario music, specifically from the Super NES era, with Square's signature RPG sound. Such a great tune from a classic soundtrack. And then he says, uh, I've got a question for y'all as well. I know that Purnell has mentioned several times how much he loves Lonely Rolling Star from Katamari Damacy. Yeah. And what about you, Rob?" When you think about your favorite video game tunes, are there any songs that spring immediately to mind? Um, aside from "Lonely Rolling Star," um, I have to say it's "Happy Birthday, Gimmick" from "Gimmick" for the NES. That that's like perfect. Like that. That's that, a good pick too. Um, i have torn between uh, "Vampire Killer" or "Bloody Tears." Like those are tunes that I can just never get out of my head. And. Um, and 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 a licensed track like i was really into wipeout for the playstation and there was a track from sasha called expander that like when i had that game you can actually choose the music that played on on this on the levels i would just i would just deselect every track except for that one and just listen to it over and over again because it's the perfect song for that video game so i just realized so christopher
0: sorry but it's related to what you just said too So Christopher mentions that he, like you, is a huge fan of Gimmick. Mm. Um, happy birthday from Gimmick. And I just want to make, take the chance to say, well, I don't know. I think we may have played it on the show before, but if we did, it was so long ago that it's worth mentioning it again. Mm. Check out Steel Samurai's rendition of that song because it is stupid good. I, think I heard they, it before.
1: Did, huh? did they do Happy Birthday? I thought they just did um, Strange Memories of Death.
0: I'm sorry that was what it was, but yeah. I thought it was, like, rolled into that somehow, maybe. That, that, also,
1: that song rules, so, <laughs> I mean, that's an amazing tune That that's not even, like, in the game proper. I think it's a hidden track, or, like, an unused track on the cartridge. But It's, it's
0: because I am not even learned what gimmick was, and it's funny. I was like, you ever heard of this Gimmick? And you're like, yeah. It's awesome, yeah. <laughs> like, like, what the did you do about it before me? <laughs> of course I did.
1: But yeah, like when I think of like great game music, I mean like the original Castlevania series, specifically the music from Castlevania two is what really like when I was really young, um, that 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 music really got stuck in my head. Also, um, the theme to Solstice by uh, by Tim Fallen. Mm-hmm. Like I used to listen to that all the time when I was younger. I would just leave it on the on the title screen and just listen to that music because it was so good and it was so amazing how long it was. So
0: yeah, that's up there for me. Game music is an interesting beast for me in the fact that it's up there like when people suggest, hey, can you name your top five board games or your top five video games? It's hard to narrow it down. I really can't. Yeah, like I'll be like, here are the the songs that most come to mind for me, but that's always subject to change. Like, you know, there's Holders of Power and the Solomon Shrine theme for Ease, Mm -hmm. and he mentioned Lonely Rolling Star.
1: Yeah, it's hard because like you want to think of those iconic tunes, but Lonely Rolling Star is so... I mean, like, the lyrics, you know, it really, it's got such a good hook to it. There, there's there's not much to compare it to.
0: Oh, yeah. But oh, there's even, like, weird days, like, where the tracks that will come to mind are the stage theme from The Rocketeer or the stage theme from the NES Superman game, both of which are games that no one talks about, you know, nor I think
1: should a, they. I think, the, <laughs> I think of the music from Incredible Crisis a lot. The Taneo Dance Fever from the okay. first stage. I'll like. i just be sitting around, I'll be at work, and I'll, on my mind, all I hear is...
2: It's
1: just... It's good, like, strut. You got strut to that tune.
0: Whenever I think of Incredible <laughs> Crisis, all I get is, pick it up, 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 pick it up. Forever, forever yeah. and never. It's just you, picking it up. It's always <laughs> on the ground, and you always got to get it. <laughs> you got to always get it. You keep dropping it. Pick <laughs> it up. What okay, are you Pernal, doing?
1: What's your next tune?
0: All right, so... My track of choice for the next shebang is from great friend and listener Dan Lauten. Yeah. From the gang Chrono Cross. And it is the Arnie Village home theme. Ooh. It's only
1: PlayStation game, of course. Yeah, I love the music. Oh god, I love the soundtrack so much.
0: And composed by Yasunori Mitsuda. Yes it is.
1: <laughs> Alright. <laughs> We're both doing like dumb dances.
0: Alright. You're up. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back! You're listening to the Artie Village Home Thief the game Chrono Cross from the Sony PlayStation composed by Yasunori Mitsuda and composed by Dan Louton and I need to stop laughing. <laughs> Dancing is fun. Dancing is fun. I love to dance. And this is another pick of uncanniness because this is also another track that I don't know if we played on the show proper or not, I, but
1: I don't think is, so. I don't think so. We've, we've only played a couple, maybe maybe a couple songs from the soundtrack, but definitely not this one.
0: But it's, honestly, this over forever, like forever has been one of my, so I hear you feel like crap, Pernell. <laughs> you know what'll make you feel really good and relaxed? This track, like I'll boot it up I'll, again. I'll just run it at my desk, and I'll just put the chair back, tilt it back, and just get absorbed into the song. Like it feels so good to listen to this track, and to have seen it come up as a suggested track for positive things. For thousands upon millions, literally millions of tracks that could have come through, this was one of them. I was like, I have to pick it. This is this is copacetic right here. Same same wavelength. But what did Dan have to actually say about it? Dan says, This is my second most listened to OST ever. And this is my most listened to track from it. This could play endlessly, and I would only get happier the more that I listened to it. Something about that guitar hits me hard in the feels every single time. Absolutely. It's a beautiful track. I hope everyone else agrees with me on that. If you don't, you're dead inside. <laughs> that, it's so good.
1: <laughs> it's so good. That guitar, it's got some soul to it, you know. And, and um, all, all the like the, the that bass kind of thumping bass sound behind it. It's just it's beautiful. This whole soundtrack is beautiful. Especially these these slower like contemplative songs are amazing.
0: Agreed. And it's something to say like there's a lot of talk. People bring up Chrono Cross, and more often than not, I hear people kind of like dog it a little bit. Yeah. But a lot of the time, I think the dogging stems from them trying to because it's like a direct relation to Colonel Trigger mm. and my take on it is that I feel like it got the short end of the stick because of that relationship because as a game itself the game is great the music is spectacular the character variety is superb I like the world the whole parallel world oh, there's, a, there's that they built so many
1: characters you can play as in that game tons and tons and tons of characters like, hidden throughout the game which is really here, here. really neat. Like, it's like it's like you play you play however you want
0: to, you know, and, that, and that's really fun. You can be a drunken bartender. Yeah, it's amazing. And she just like drunken kung fu. Yeah, you she play was the, always uh, in my party.
1: You can play the cook oh. and the cook's daughter. Like they they fight with frying pans.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's right. And one of them is a ladle. The girl is just a ladle, and it's named like it's named by the chemical compound that makes up the materials. It's like Fe two. So it's like oh, you're using an iron frying pan. That's right, the Fe pan. Um, and Mike makes a good point. He goes, "At least they can call it Chrono Trigger 2 Oh man, that yeah, would have been a complete that, blemish on that. That would have been
1: trouble. That would have been some tough stuff. There was an anime that came out called Chrono Crusade, um, which just had the word Chrono in the name. That's all. It has nothing to do with any of these games. <laughs> nothing at all. But it was great, great. Great anime. I didn't read much of the manga, but the anime was really good.
0: I feel like I remember the anime coming out, and they, the C was even written like the the C in Chrono Trigger, which got more people like, "Oh my I god!" Know, it's
2: yeah. Oh,
0: was it? it's
1: gotta be, it's gotta be, but it's it's not. It's just so different, and a really really odd world that they put it in, with um, like these like really like cr- like hard like Catholic religious elements, but like they're all equipped with with like automatic weapons to fight demons. <laughs> it's so strange.
0: I will say one thing about Chrome Trigger though, like, there's, there's talk going on in the thread about it, like, just talk about whether it's overrated or how fun it is and whatnot. What I will say is, regardless of a person's personal take on it, the game itself is fun. One thing that I will always praise it for that I think really, they really got right was they nailed the time travel for, in a video game perspective down to the letter. Like, they did a great job with it, and it was very rare I don't think it ever. I can't think of going back in that game. And being like, "Whoa, what a major loophole they! What a major loophole they found here! Like they just screwed this up." It doesn't work when they do this. It's like they did time travel right in that game, which just adds to the joy that I felt playing through it and going back into an old time period of comics. It's like, I wonder how that affected the future. You go to the future and you see it. A lot of games don't nail that. A lot of media doesn't nail that. In fact, time travel. And media is one of my biggest, uh, I don't know, biggest, like, I don't know, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is right now, but the thing that drives me crazy. Is, well, it grinds my gears. There we go. <laughs> it really grinds my gears. I always get a I was, just, into, I was like, a waiting tiffy. for
1: you to say that. I'm like, he's so close to saying "grinds my gears." Like it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen on the show.
0: <laughs> and Pollard goes like, "What do you mean like, pet peeves?" And the reason being is because. I love time travel. Yes,
1: I know, but like, there's the... so much that you can go go wrong with it. Like Star Trek does all this crazy stuff. Even Superman like flies around the Earth backwards. Like st- stuff like they, there's always like, something it, wrong with it. So, but with a game like, like like, yeah, with a game like Chrono Trigger, it's like they they just let you. They, they, it's like you're not really worried about. It. There's something magical about the whole experience. So mm-hmm. you're just trying to deal with a situation rather than contemplate what time travel is really like.
0: Like Fun yeah. fact, uh, this was like maybe 2010 <clears throat> or 9 or something, years ago. Before I even had my I moved in the apartment even. But uh, I was at a friend's house. We were hanging out and we got the wild idea to watch the Back to the Future movies. I had never seen the third one at the time. Okay, Only the first and second. So I was like, let's just marathon all three movies. Uh, third one's fun. Third one's like stupid fun. But here's the gig. So as we were watching the first movie mm-hmm. and then just about to start the second I couldn't not i could not avoid complaining about time travel shut the whole process down for like an hour and we argued back and forth about why back to the future doesn't work <laughs> or what it would take for it to work and i was like they were trying to tell me no the way it works is x y is like no the only way time travel can work and this possible in any way is that they're splintering off into multiple timelines and whenever they go back they go back to a starting central point that they never affect. But if they ever do anything that changes that point in time, they can never go back to the original time. That's the only way this could make any sense. And sure enough, in the third film, the third film, Doc Brown does the exact thing. He's like, I have time travel all wrong, Marty. This is how it actually works. And he does exactly. like, there you go. You argue with me for nothing. No, Even no. Doc Brown agrees with me. Time travel stupid. <laughs> yeah, so
1: he watched... The, so one of the early Star Trek Voyager episodes is they... Um, all of these... Famous people in history, in American history, are actually abducted by aliens and kept in cryogenic sleep on another planet, and then we thaw them out. They thought, well, the the crew of Voyager thaws them out, and it's like Amelia Earhart, you're alive. You know, like it's so cheesy. And I just finished watching this two-part episode where they actually go back to present day by accident, which is 1996. And they go back into 1996 and like technology has been stolen from like 2,900 something. But it's weird because Voyager is from 2,600. So it's like so many centuries ahead of them. But anyway, it was so cheesy. Like the clothes and like the Hawaiian shirts, they're in LA. And it's like, they're all like, it's so, it's so bad. It was good. And they were just like, at one point, one character looks at the other and says, "You know, it's just so confusing. I try not to think about it too much." And they just keep going on with the show. And I'm like, "That's the most Star Trek thing I've ever heard of in my life."
0: Oh, if you want some really bad Star Trek time travel, when you're done this episode, you need to go watch the episode when Webster travels into the future. Is there a and web that with Worf? Wait,
1: really? <laughs> yes. No. I'm not okay. making that up. Everybody, everybody, stop! Everybody, stop!
0: There was an episode of the old '80s show called Webster, where Webster gets beamed from his bedroom into the future onto the starship enterprise and since the budget was cheap or low they only had like two cast members from the show star trek on the episode and it was just him and Worf talking and doing like flashback (laughs) commentary for the webster series and it was it was freaking hilarious to say the least because i can't fathom who thought that webster and star trek Made a great combination. For the record, for those who don't know, Webster was an old TV show in the 80s starring a guy who was actually like 30 who looked like a child. And he played a child as a result. Um, It was a heartwarming, great cartoon. Like live action show back in the day. Check him
1: out dancing on the bridge.
0: (laughs) It it just it it was something to say the least. Um, I need to watch the butterfly effect. I've never seen the butterfly effect.
1: That's a great movie with Ashton Kutcher.
0: Mm-hmm. It's Very good. I do remember hearing people say like that was like the thing that no one expected him to do well in. What was that? What was that? I know. Well, yeah. I,
1: like I saw that and I was like, it looks like a crazy movie. Then you go see it and it's 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 bonkers. A lot of weird time travel stuff, but it's 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 more along the lines. It has a feeling of Donnie Darko. If you've ever seen that,
0: I did. I yeah, did
1: like Donnie Darko. It's, it's closer to that, but with a, a little bit more narrative going on. Um, anyway, aside away from the dark stuff, let's get into the dark stuff of Webster on the cast of. <laughs> Star Trek The Next
0: Generation. No more um, Donnie Darko. How about Lonnie Lido? Lonnie Lido. This is,
1: um, this is a track that was suggested by Johan Perez. And this track is called The Gallant Girl Blowing... The Gallant Girl, or Blowing Wind That Flows From the Sky. And it is uh, Nanase's theme from the game <sighs> Under Night, In Birth, EXE,
0: Late. <laughs> I'll never understand what that name comes from. I don't even think the game knows where that name came they just, from. They I've just, played
1: it. They just found some, like, words, and they put them together. Um, and it's composed by the artist known as Raito, R-A-I-T-O. Um, it does not have credited as a composer name, so that's all we have is an alias. And we're going to check this out now. This is the Gallant Girl track from Undernight in-birth, EXE-late. <laughs>
0: Key change. Key change. This is so <laughs> good. I wonder if this is a battle theme, like a character's fighting theme. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. All right, we're back. You're listening to Gallant Girl, or Blowing Wind That Flows From the Sky, which is Nanase's theme from the game Undernight In Birth, EXE, Late, composed by Raito. R A I. T O, And this was selected by listener Johan Perez. And Johan says, Around the time I started to really get into fighting games with Guilty Gear's x reserves <laughs> release, I always saw this super cool-looking game called Undernight in Birth, colon, EXE, that was Japanese-only at the time. I didn't really have the money at the time to import it, but I had seriously been considering it for months. Once I heard Undernight... Wait, Undernight... I, UNIST was coming to the states well, which is the, wait. anyway, coming to the states I took the plunge and it became one of my favorite games at the time. The gameplay was slick, the music was incredible, and every character I played felt awesome. This song is usually seen as a meme in the community, but I really do love how fun and happy it sounds. I don't play Nanase much anymore, but you better believe I'll pick her song in the grand finals. And yeah, this is a, it's it's not just an anime song. It sounds like a, like a, like a sitcom theme song. Like this would have worked in our episode with Hammock a couple of weeks ago. America! Yeah. It's so, it's got that feel to it. Um, it's not what I expected. Like when that, that, that opening piano kicks in, I'm like, oh, it's building up. It's building up. I was expecting like a shredding guitar, you know, like if this were guilty gear, like Daisuke Ishiwatari would have been like, Grrr. but no, it's, it's that, it's that organ. And it's and that, that kind like of half cheesy, half cool organ.
0: It makes me want to go back and buy that game and play, because I've only ever played it at my friend Francis's house. Uh, they were playing it then. I was like, what the heck? Someone actually owns this wacky game and we were playing it, and I was using a character with like a ridiculously long electric whip, which, I was. I was of course I couldn't change character because she has a whip! Tear people up! Um, but I have one anime fighter over here that I purchased that I've never really sat down and played a ton of, but I need to. Um call like Aquapaza or something where you could use the girl from Comic Party for some reason.
1: Yeah, I I think I get this game mixed up with Aquapaza or some other ones. Um, The the titles are so bizarre. (laughs) And these anime fighters are just like the combo systems are so unique and every character plays in a very specific way. Um, To me, it's it's almost a little um, daunting. But they look, I mean, especially now, they look amazing. Like they've gotten these games to look so good. It's, it's, it actually makes yeah. me
0: think that those kinds of games would be a, one of the places where I could actually hold my own against you because you're used yeah. to Street Fighter yeah and Street Fighter is slower and more methodical not to say the game itself is slow mm-hmm. but it's slower oh yeah than a typical anime fighter whereas I'm good with rushdown and fast-paced games <laughs> so it's
1: funny like my character in Street Fighter 5 was Cammy because I liked her rushdown style but um, the game is slower the game is, is is probably more successful you're you're more successful playing that game if you play. It.
0: Pilar in the chat actually recommended you try Grand Blue Fantasy Versus. Yeah, I I th- if they, is that on PlayStation?
1: I think so. A, a bunch of people have suggested that to me, saying it's it's really fun, um, and that's where a lot of like a lot of Street Fighter Five players, when they've got bored of that game, they either went to that game or they went to uh, Dragon Ball Fighters mm-hmm. because that's a lot like the um, Marvel Capcom type games. But now this is a great pick, so thank you, Johan. I believe Johan's a newer Patreon member, a new ish Patreon member I'll, of the show.
0: I will say, you mentioned Dragon Ball Fighter. That one surprised the living daylights out of me. I will say, I'm not a big fighting game guy, but what I do know about Dragon Ball Z is that up until the Tournament of Power became a thing, most of the fights in that show involved key blasts, fast punches, fast kicks. B- that's basically the gist of the show. Oh, so, yeah. like, What I was thinking about I was, like, we're going to make a fighting game built around dragon ball i'm like they all do borderline the same stuff what can they possibly do to make the characters feel different and they they really knocked it out of the park mm. the characters absolutely play differently from each other and they it doesn't feel like basic typical dragon ball battles it, it goes a bit beyond that mm. actually like, i was a fan of seeing it in action yeah, I'm it's, glad it exists it's, it's exciting
1: now. to watch yeah the, the combo's gone for a really long time though uh, last week, Carlos actually said, "Like, yeah, be prepared to just hold block for a long time, because your <laughs> your opponent will just keep running through it over and over again." Marvel Capcom is a lot like like Marvel Capcom two is a lot like that, where it's just you expect you're just gonna have to block and and, and block well. But that that's the thing, like you, you you practice combos and you practice offense so much in these games that it becomes kind of a a habit, like second nature, that so you can just you can do the combos, but you never practice defense, you know, so you
0: never you're never prepared to block things. Yeah, that's my biggest problem. I suck at defending in these games. I'm like, go, just rush the guy. And if I get tired, it's like, well, there's the match. Because <laughs> I'm going to get juggled. Cause I never block properly.
1: Yeah, that's that's these games. It's, uh, um, blocking is not fun, people would say. But, I mean, that's half the fun, I think. It's is attack, counterattack. Uh, so that, that's a good track. I really like it. Um, so we are on to your third tune.
0: This one actually came as a real surprise to me, and very recently, and by recently, I mean it showed up like today, um, but it actually came from listeners' Soulless Sanctuary. It is from the game Trials of Mana, and it is called Swivel, which, up until now, I didn't even know what the name of the track was, and it's composed by Hiroki Kikuda. PS4, PC, and Switch, by the way. A lot of game systems.
1: so good. I love
0: that. I love that so much. They made it go through it twice. It's so good. Welcome back. You're listening to Swivel from the game Trials of Mana composed by Hiroki Kakuda on the PS4, PC, and Switch submitted by listener Soulless Sanctuary. And this is another track that hits me in the holy cow, I did not see this coming but then it did. Though I kind of should have in a sense because Trials of Mana has been pumped. And, um, Pilar is like bread and butter lately. This is their jam. But um even before this is a thing, I loved this track. More so the specific the original one. Like back in like the late nineties, I played a bit of the fan translated Psychic Densetsu three. Mm-hmm. And this track plays, if I'm not mistaken, on the Golden Road section of the game, which is fairly early in. But um you, you stay on that at that area for a little while, fulfilling various missions or whatever. And this track was very lively, very upbeat, and it was like the first point in the game. Where I was like, "This feels very much like a like to, like Secret of Mana," because back then, no one, none of us knew what it's like in this set. We were like, "Oh, Secret of Mana 2. Um, but it felt very much like Secret of Mana at that point. And I love this track until you get poisoned by those stupid bees, and the kobolds shoot you up with arrows because that's what they do on the Golden Road. They shoot you; they're all jerks. Um... But I love this track. It was. It felt nice to see it pop up in the feed. It brought back a lot of good memories. And then I was like, "Well, this has to be on the freaking show." Um, it's just almost like dangerous to admit that because, like, next episode, I'm be like, "Here's submit tracks for the show." It's like, "Where are games? Pretty likes." <laughs> but uh, I should read the testimonial because she she wrote a good one for it. Yeah. So, we see. I have always noticed and accepted that I am most likely a huge fan of niche titles. Not sure why, but there's always something about them that feels more personally connected to me than the average typical mainstream title. So imagine myself crying and yelling with my brother while playing Psyche and Discessor 3, which is now Trials of Mana, and when that made a surprise remake reveal for release. If I am more honest, this news made me way more hyped than Final Fantasy 7 Remake. Final Fantasy IX was my first JRPG and still my most favorite Final Fantasy title. In fact, I remember playing and loving this game back when I was in high school and when emulators were a thing. Now that I am. They're still a thing. <laughs> hey, they ain't going nowhere, baby. Um, I was. Now that I'm playing it, it still felt familiar with that nice coat of paint and a refreshing gameplay loop. This track I picked is one of the most memorable tracks from his SNES incarnation. For me, the sound present in Swivel sounds how it shows just how whimsical the world of Mana actually is. Maybe this is why I'm so drawn to the game itself. It seems a lot of niche things I like are just that. Whimsical. Makes me smile like a little kid all over again. And that's a good testament. That's really good. I like that. Just...
1: Just hearing this song can just, just bring up this memory and make you smile. Here, just this, just the song on its own makes me smile. I really love it.
0: It's just, it's a gem. Like I will say, his Hirogi Kakuda's uh, Mana compositions. There's not a dud among them, and they generally, well, I won't say generally because there's, there's tracks like that freaking spooky, uh, so, spooky like crypt theme that plays in Mana that just tickle to Mana just says nope, spooky, cryptic, freaking out. But um, his upbeat tracks are really upbeat. Like, there's Golden Road for me, mm-hmm. then there's that one, like, relaxing track that plays in North Town on Secret of Mana that always hits me in the field, something fierce. Um, it's just a number of tracks I can think of that he's composed that fall into the list of these are the tracks I want to have access to if I was stuck on a deserted island and need to entertain myself until help showed up.
1: Yeah, like, they're not just emotional. You know, there's, there's, something, there's something deeper going on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, so our last... Song proper comes from uh, Nick Walker, that Nick Walker. This Which Nick Walker? That Nick Walker. Ah, we know, we know where he walk. We know where he's walking. And this is called "The Song of Silence" from Harvest Moon: A Wonderful Life for the Nintendo GameCube, composed by Dai Nakajima. to song of silence from harvest moon a wonderful life for the nintendo gamecube composed by dai nakajima and this was chosen by our listener nick walker which nick walker that that one the one oh. the one oh, he <laughs> The, won. the one. the <laughs> one the one nick walker and um, oh. he says hey guys hope you're staying safe and well equipped with tp uh, positive vibes is a wonderful theme for this month because I know we could all use some this is the song of silence tune from harvest moon a wonderful life the only game from the series I've played I don't know why but this song just hits all the right notes in my head to help me slow down take a deep breath and relax like a gentle rain of GameCube sound fun uh, yeah it's nice I, I like all the little little plinky sounds it's, it's it's a really good slow tempo it's really nice
0: I'm really into this one Uh, likewise here like i i wasn't expecting it to be so down tempo especially coming from the tracks we've been playing throughout the show yeah but it fits a very it feels a very nice spot in this lineup for us i like it very much so yeah it's it's more at
1: home with the uh the chrono cross track that we played earlier Um, actually the the guitar from that would be really good with this because it's got kind of a although it's got more of like a ukulele kind of thing going on that'd be kind of cool
0: Here's my sure. question: Have you ever played a Harvest Moon game
1: per se? No, I haven't. I've always been intrigued by it. it I used to when I, when I worked at um, Electronics Boutique. I used to uh, we used to sell it, and I'd be like, I, and, and parents would come in and ask me like, "Hey, what's this game about?" And I have to tell them like, "Oh, it's about farming, and you know, being cool on a thing. You know, <laughs> it's it's not like a sports game, and you're not shooting people. So they were confused. So I always had a lot of respect for these games because um, I thought they were really interesting and they were very pleasant, but I never played them.
0: It was my very first experience with chores the game, currently being filled by Animal Crossing. <laughs> but um, back when Harvest Moon on SNES was a thing, I kind of, I mean, I'm almost ashamed of me I don't do this anymore, but I kind of mocked the game. I was like, who the heck would waste their money on a stupid farming game? It doesn't even make sense to me. It just makes no sense. But... For those who were around back then, you might remember that Harvest Moon didn't get a large print. It became rare, and the value of the game went up. Even for, you know, 90s time, it was a very valuable game. So, at that point, my interest kind of peaked. I was like, what, is this, what do people see in a stupid farming game? I don't get it. So, fast forward a few more years, Game Boy Color became a thing. Um, I was taking the bus back and forth to KB Toys for work. And uh, Harvest Moon Game Boy became a thing. So I was like, you know, I take the bus every day. I have my Game Boy. Let me just buy this and see what the fuss is. And even though Harvest Moon Game Boy had less features than the SNES game, I was hooked. I was obsessed with the idea of growing the perfect set of tomato crops, uh, milking all my cows, (laughs) and everything, every day on the way to work, I was obsessed with getting everything right. My farm was on point. You hear me? Profits, were being made. (laughs) Fairies were being discovered for special tools. I was on board. And the weirdest thing about it is I couldn't quite explain why I was enjoying it. Because it didn't even have the slice of life elements that Harvest Moon became known for. It was literally grow crops, (laughs) harvest animals, get paid, and do it again. And I was on for it. I was in like Flint. And now that's how I am now. Like I still play Harvest Moon games and Rune Factory games, and then there's Forager, which is not quite Harvest Moon, but it still ticks some of the boxes. Like I gotta get these things done so I can get the money out of this machine. It's like do it again. Gotta get my crops grown. It's a, uh, it's addictive. You you mentioned uh, Forager a, a few times on the show now. Yes, Forager is a jam. It's not like it's not a farming game per se, but it ticks the boxes of a person that a person could get from Harvest Moon, which is. There's a lot of crafting involved, but the crafting comes from stuff that grows on the islands. So you grow the stuff, and then you build the facilities that allow you to mass-produce the things you want. So the crops, quote-unquote, are facilities that you build. And the facilities produce what you want, which then can be used to make more things. And then you might find more islands to expand onto. Now, eventually, if you're really good, you can create this auto-running, like, chain of production that just makes the stuff you want. It's, oh my God, it, sound, so it sounds like a lot like we... a
1: board game. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, it, 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 yes. it hits those notes. Yeah, you yeah. want to have the optimal play. Like, you don't have to because the game isn't really timed or anything. Yeah, but
1: you're building that, that but, engine, you know?
0: like Yeah, you want yeah. the engine. Yeah, I know what
1: you mean. And that's the, that's the, those are the kinds of games that you're good at. Because I, I have a hard time, like, braining around, like, creating the perfect engine to do what I needed to do. Mm-hmm. All right, So I'm going to turn this super chill track down, and we're going to get into the part of the show that we call the bonus round.
0: bo, bo- bonus. bonus round It's time
1: for bonus round. So <laughs> the, the bonus round is where we play covers and remixes and arrangements, and we got some really nice one, uh, really nice tracks to pick from. So Pernell, what are you going with?:
0: Everybody time to saddle up because we got a long one coming in. <laughs> um, so funny thing, when this episode was going to be done. I originally thought, well, I hope I hope Das do submit something good, because I'd feel weird if I didn't pick something from his, considering that he suggested the track, or the topic. But luckily, he submitted a great track, and I have no qualms with picking it, because I like it very much, and hopefully you guys do too. This is uh, the jazz video game medley, Movement 1, The Joy of Gaming, composed by Insane in the Rain music, and it is a Banger. So I hope you all enjoy spending time with it. (laughs) All right.
1: That was great. That was good.
0: Assy, that's kind of funny. (laughs) The dude says, well, you know me, picking too many submissions. He's good at it, but this time it played into his style because this Joy of Gaming medley was on point. posed by Insane the Rain music, who never disappoints, I have to say, I was pleased. You sounded like you were pleased. I and it looks like from the chat, everyone was pleased.
1: Yeah, that, there was so much. Like, there was so much in that medley. And I just, I love the way it all flowed together. It, that was fun. That was a lot of fun. So good. He's really but, good.
0: And, and we even have uh, a test of oh, no, the right, right. no. oh. <laughs> Insane in the Rain is a great composer who I love listening to. I had another remix in mind for this episode until I heard this. It's literally the joy of gaming. It's perfect for this episode and on top of that features many songs i have wanted to suggest for this very episode so this piece is like a bunch of my many suggestions and should count as many tracks being played for me anyway thanks for going with my suggestion and i can't wait to hear everyone else's tracks
1: well i loved it i loved it it was a good suggestion
0: and it what? <laughs> <laughs> so, like, what, what the, the camera says it sounds like it should have been in Smash. It sounds like it was yeah, Smash. It might
1: have been. Yeah, that was Smash. <laughs> yeah,
0: it was <laughs> Smash. That's funny. Oh. All
1: right. Oh so, my God So, my track comes from Electric Boogaloo, and this is from the game Jazz Jackrabbit 2 for the PC Windows, and this track is uh, the Diamond Disc Remix. So, it's a remix Diamond. of the stage Diamond Disc, Di- Diamond Diamond Diamondus. Oh, snap! You got dissed! Yeah, that's what it is. It's composed by Robert A. Allen, and he got dissed by the arranger, <laughs> Alexander Brandon. <laughs> um, and I'll say that the only testimonial that Electric Boogaloo has is that I read the arranger because I always fail to do it. So the arranger is Alexander Brandon, and this is a diss track on uh, Robert A. Allen's composition, "Dimundus remix from Jazz, Jack Rabbit part two for the PC windows entertainment system. (laughs) Okay. is so cool. This is from Jazz Jackrabbit, part two for the PC Windows. This is the Daimundus remix, composed by Robert A. Allen and arranged by Alexander Brandon. And this was suggested by Electric Boogaloo. And I love this tune, man. This is like a mix of, I don't know what's a mix of, it, it, it kind of reminds me of Crash Bandicoot a little bit, like that kind of sound. But it's it's so much funkier. It's I, I love it, man. It's got a great beat. It's got a great, great beat. What do you think? I've
0: been I've been really enjoying these like these bonus rumpus because they're fantastic tracks. I guess somehow for some reason they've done their job of kind of being like their music that you want to have conversations to. Like I felt more compelled to want to talk in the chat for the group <laughs> while the music played because it fit the scene so well. It's yeah. it's great.
1: Well, uh, we, w- when this is over, we're going to have, like, a barbecue party in the backyard, and we're just going to play all these tunes. This is going to be our playlist.
0: I like the sound of that. Yeah. We can oh. have, like, the positive vibes b- BBQ. Yeah. I would say we can live stream it, but it'd be a really boring live stream. We'll just be sitting there, like, moving pieces on a board. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, I might set up the, the turntables, and maybe we can, like, have, like, a live DJ session, and you and I can, like, play
0: DJ for part of the night. That will be, be pretty fun. Yeah. Kind of fun. I can get that thing where you get the glass, the shades on, like... yeah i think all the djs do you know you just kind of lean forward close your eyes like you're just kind of scratching to the beat yeah man i'll teach you to scratch it'd be fun that's good i got this really bad itch yeah drive me crazy you gotta stay out you
1: gotta stay out of the um out of the poison oak (laughs) professor poison oak (laughs) professor poison oak oh i love it that's his rap version of professor oak that's his rap name
0: (laughs) professor poison oak what's up (laughs) what is up
1: MC Professor Poison Oak. <laughs> <laughs>
2: all
1: right, well, for more information on our bonus round, go to rhythmandpixels.com. We'll have links to the SoundClouds and BandCamps and everywhere where you can buy the music and support all of these artists.
2: Thanks for joining us
1: on episode 22-9 of Rhythm and Pixels. This is our um, our Patreon recorded episode. Our uh, It's a live streamed recording of the episode for our Patreon members. And it's all of your positive jams, your your, your favorite tracks that make you feel good, that make you feel maybe a little nostalgic. But st- I feel like I, I have lately been really wanting music that's put me in a, in a good mood um like angry music or like some dark and more like mopey stuff. I'm really I really love that, but like I can't I just can't do it now. I feel I like agree. I have like this low level like anxiety that's just constant and I can usually ignore it. And if I had, if I listen to something crazy or so that the wrong thing at the wrong time, it's just it just I can't do it. I got to throw it out.
0: I'm a huge sucker mm-hmm. for not only uplifting tracks, but even if it's not an uplifting track, just a track that elicits positive thoughts. Yeah. So, like, we were talking about going back to the topic, La Mulana. <laughs> um, we were talking of about Of course, that. of course. And how I like the music in that game. Some of the tracks in that game are—they're not particularly happy or upbeat. Mm-hmm. They're just good music, mm-hmm. but they take me back to a place where I was happy, feeling lost in thought and contemplation, and uh, as a result, those tracks make me feel very good to listen to. Yeah. They have a positive association for me. And the more of that I get, the better, which is funny because looking back on my taste in music in general over the years, I started listening to whatever other of my, all my friends listened to, it's like Nirvana and, yeah. you know, Red Hot Chili Peppers, all that stuff. Then I got into metal because Mike Myers got me into metal when he realized that if Pernell likes music from Ease, clearly he would like metal music. <laughs> he was right. And he was right. Um, but then after that, I kind of did my own weird like diversion because of like Jet Set Radio and BIS, and I discovered Twee Pop and Cuddlecore and Shoe Gaze, <laughs> and I kind of just stopped there and never left. Like that's my happy place. Even though Shoegaze isn't necessarily always happy, a lot of times it's actually pretty like low and like mellow, and moody, but it just works. And now, with the current state of mind, how I want to feel about things, I gravitate more towards the twee stuff, the cuddlecore stuff. I was listening to freaking Heavenly the other day. Mm. Trophy Girlfriend, but Heavenly. Like, that's 80s stuff right there that I thought I'd forgotten about. Bam, I sung the entire song. Yeah. Every song I played, I knew all the lyrics still, yeah. despite having not heard them in, like, 10 years. In the house, was-
1: like, like in the morning, we've been listening to uh, mixes of 90s pop music. Like, all of, like, the pop hits from like the early 90s just in the house and like other like 90s not one hit wonders but um pop stars from the 90s like um uh this morning was all about jewel remember jewel Ooh, yeah i do remember jewel yeah and some I- Alanis Morissette snuck in there and um uh, uh, uh Fiona Apple
2: and I'm here to yeah. remind you
1: so kind of a moody morning but it was fun because <laughs> it reminds me of like that time like yeah this is really good yeah,
0: there was there was some, there was some darn good music during that time I wow. love that stuff and everybody in the chat right now if you're listening well, you're listening because you're in the chat duh um, what are some of your favorite um, like happy non Vgm musics that you listen to music that makes you feel good good stuff curious
1: um, some Mike Meyer says what was the description of ska music the music of being 13 and your mom
0: says she's making spaghetti <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. When I was a kid, I did not associate spaghetti being for dinner as a good thing. You know, I got tired of it very fast. I don't know. Yeah. Was, I it got, was my mom's
1: go-to. Um, Chris Murray says post-hardcore makes me feel really happy. Yeah, I, I, a lot of people are. Um, a lot of people I know are really into that, like the post-hardcore, post-punk, or pop-punk, um, the scene. That was really, really, really
0: good. I never understood the post part, like. Music genres are something like well, it's, people who are more than yeah. no can name them, but I'm like, what the heck is post
1: anything? Oh, it's like it's like punk music, but it's kinda poppy, but it's not like punk music from like when punk music was defined as punk music. So they say it's so post whatever, so
0: intriguing. Yeah,
1: it's usually defined by the by the group or the genre. Um, Davy Cake says shoegaze, funk, ska, and Retrowave. I've been listening to a lot of chill wave while at work, too. That's yeah, been really Davey nice. Davy
0: Cake is going to have to recommend some shoegaze to mm-hmm. me because I'm all about mm-hmm. when people like shoegaze. It doesn't happen mm-hmm. often enough.
1: Well, if you're listening to this show on the podcast I and mean, you'd love some suggestions for us, and if you have any like, nice things to say, nice music that you're listening to that you'd like for us to listen to, the best way to do it is to send us an email
0: rhythmandpixels at hotmail.com. Dot
1: com. And if you would like to more have more information about our show, if you'd like a f- uh, full track listing from all of our episodes and access to all of the episodes, go to the website. Rhythmandpixels.com Go to uh, youtube.com slash rhythmandpixels. We have a uh, 24-7 uh, radio station playing nothing but 8-bit and 16-bit classics and deep cuts. That's always really cool. Um, that's been going on pretty strong for, I don't know, like a year or two now. So it's been going for a while. Um, and you can check us out on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. It's Rhythm and Pixels, all one word, usually. And if you'd like to support the show, just tell people about it. It's always good it's good to do. It's a good thing to do. Um, share the links on social media or whatever. Like, hey, this is a fun thing, and I like music. So you like music. Do you like stuff? And <laughs> <laughs> do you like things? Or if you can, uh, you can support us in other ways, go to patreon.com rhythmandpixels and you can support us there. And by supporting us through Patreon, you get access to prequel episodes every week, except for the weeks that we do these live streamed recorded episodes. You get access to uh, a, 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 a private live stream of me and Purnell recording an episode um, every month. And the prequel episodes are a lot of fun because we've been having a lot of guests on the show. And so we have like a 10 minute, 15 minute chat, just about anything, usually stuff not related to the episode. So get some insight into what we're talking about at the time what we're dealing with what we're what we're doing and we also like to thank all of our patreon members at the end of every episode and last month or last week someone suggested that i do a pokemon rap to all of the patreon members did you actually
0: attempt to craft one
1: uh no i'm just gonna say the names and it's gonna be really horrible but i have the beat and we're gonna listen to the music <sighs> here we go pernell it's gonna be something it's gonna be okay. so, it's gonna be something, all right. Are you ready? Dun dun
0: dun. There <laughs> we
2: go.
0: That Nick
1: Walker, Mike Myers, Taco Harold Howard, David Taylor, Reinhardt Zakova, Andreas Melberg, Dan Loudon, Phantom Jest, Steve Miller, The Autistic Gamer, Cameron Worma, Christopher Shenstrom, Bobby Arson, Wicked Sephiroth, Carlos from The Heroes 3, Michael Bridgewater, Brian Pitt, Butts, Bow, and Hammond, Johan Porres, Bruce Iones, Ed Wilson from the BG Embassy, Alexander Proudfoot, Davey Kings, dust dude The Last Breed Bedrock, Getsarina, So Sanctuary, Mixix, Master, Damian Beckles, Joe Fasalo, OK Impala, Chris Marie, Chris Sinerson, Alex, The Messenger, Messenger, and David Smith.
0: everything <laughs> <laughs> there are a lot of patrons for Rhythm and P. We hope you enjoy listening to our
2: words. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was the... Uh... That was something, wasn't it?
0: <laughs> I you dude, that was great actually. You didn't drop you didn't drop the beat at all.
1: I feel like the the important thing was not to drop the beat because everything else is just going to go wherever it was
0: going to go. Honestly, even on the actual show where they do it, I feel like sometimes you just like just say the word, whatever. <laughs> just say the word. The just, words just gonna the words are
1: going to match up. As long as you're on the beat, you're everything's good. So if you want more of that, tune in next week. <laughs> um, <laughs> actually, I don't think we have a, a, a I don't think we have a topic schedule for next week, do we?
0: We do not, which means we'll be digging. If you got any suggestions, fire them off. Otherwise, by the end of the weekend, Rob and I will just come up with something. We'll have something to do.
1: All right. All right. Well, we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the show. My name's Rob Nichols. And I'm Purnell. Have a safe week, safe night,
0: and we'll see you next time. And remember positivity is one thing to stay indoors and play games and such because that's what we do. We're gamers. We play video games, we lounge, we relax. But, uh,. The uh, aspect of happiness that a lot of people tend to forget, especially during a uh, lock, shelter, in place order, is to get some freaking sun, <laughs> go outside, and be a part of nature, be a part of your environment, grab some sunlight. You may not be able to hang around a bunch of people, but you can, you know, you, either what's going on your front step or going for a walk in your neighborhood, walking through the park, whatever, whatever you can do that's within legal reason in your vicinity, do it outside. Get that daily sun. Get that fresh air, and I can promise you, your mood will improve. It always does. There's so something about being outside and getting vitamin D that just does the freaking trick. It's a it's, don't deprive yourself
1: of it. Yeah, it's very important. It's very important. Mm-hmm. We forget about it, but especially all you night owls out there. I'm staring at you right now.
2: What are you talking about? Not me. Uh. <laughs>